Hey there, welcome to Sunday Brunch, a conversation over coffee between friends where we discuss everything from foundation to food. This week, we'll be taking a look at exercise and how we like to stay active. Mm, I think I'm like looking forward to this topic because we both exercise a lot. And I think at this time, like when we can't really go out and do things, it'd be nice to share some tips on like what we do and um, why we do it even. And yeah, I think it'll be good. Yeah. Especially because I was thinking about this as soon as I, as soon as you and I agreed this would be our topic, we sort of became friends in the first place because of cycling. Yeah, from because you did triathlon and I did cycling, and then yeah, so it, that's yeah. how it started when I moved to boarding school. Yeah, because there's not a lot of girls in a private school who ride a bike. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I, I actually, when I think back now, like there is no sport that I would rather do less than um, cycling. Yeah. I think like as a sport itself, like I think I, for me, I always knew it wouldn't be like a career path. There's some people who think it will be. Um, I, it was more like a hobby, but just like good while you're at school, you know, and then when you when you sort of get out of that and you go into uni and get a job, it's something that you could do on the weekends, but it's, it's not very like good as a lifetime competitive, like career, not like, um, I don't know if you were like a runner or something like that, you know? Yeah. But also it's a safety issue for me. I just think it's so dangerous and half of the cyclists around Brisbane can be absolute pests. Mm. That's true. You know what it's like even where mm-hmm. we live on a Saturday mm-hmm. morning when life is normal and people mm-hmm. can exercise in groups, people take up the whole lane along the waterfront. So It's true, yeah. And anyway, also, I just think it's not a good culture here for cycling. <laughs> no, because people are so mad at them all the time. Yeah, <laughs> but it's fine. How was your week? Um, I've actually had a really good week, like the best week I've had in ages. And it doesn't make sense because like nothing special's happened. <laughs> That's but good though. I know, I know. Like I know we've always got heaps of reasons to be grateful, but obviously that's easy to forget, especially in this climate. And yeah. um, I've had so many issues with my job, which is like the job that I had is virtually non-existent now. Um, but because I've let go of that and mm. I've um, picked up some other work, doing some tutoring, um, mm. I feel a lot more secure because I don't have to rely on that other workplace now. Mm. So I just feel like I've sorted myself out and I have a plan B, whereas two weeks ago I only had plan A and it was failing miserably. So I just feel like I, I'm in control of the situation now. And even though no one actually has much control about the whole pandemic situation, I'm at least being proactive. And that makes me feel like I have some command over where my life is going. So I think that's really helped me. And um, I guess I'm into a good isolation routine now. It's probably taken Mm. this much time. I know we talked about routines last week, but when everything just started out, everything was up in the air and things were changing so quickly. And from day to day, different restrictions were being implemented. But now things have been stable for a few weeks. So Mm. I feel like I'm into a good groove with studying from home and um, even just like my default now isn't to go to the gym. Whereas when Mm. gyms first closed, it was so weird to me that I wasn't going to that space. So I have had a good week. How about you? Um, Well, my week has been good. It feels like it's absolutely just disappeared. (laughs) Like I can't believe it's Mm. Friday. I don't know if that's yeah. like a good thing or a bad thing. Like it might be good because like what you said, we're just in like a routine now and we just, it's just the new normal. So maybe that's part of it. But, but, um, I built the, like an office, um, at home office for, um, Dan to work at, um, just while he's working from home and also just good. I think it's like transformed the, living room area because we changed like we redid the couch and stuff so and I ordered a um a rug a new like rug carpet thing for that area so um little home improvements which I think is making me feel good um yes. I think yeah so I think little things like little goals that we set and then just like cleaning things like today I did like I mopped to the whole house <laughs> like so just like keeping on top of like day-to-day tasks as well like makes 
everything a little bit better too. But I don't know, like I don't feel like anything's been super different. Like I am getting to a point, I think at the end of last week's episode, like off, off um, line, I said to you, I was like just feeling a little bit like, uh, you know, about everything, yeah. Um, yeah. which I think like I'm sort of getting over now, but it's still just like, you know, this week I FaceTimed a couple of my friends, which was good. So I think just being able to catch up with some people outside of your household is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm like super thankful for our podcast too. Like remember last week I said like it's good that we have this because, you know, otherwise we we probably wouldn't even talk like this much every week. No, no. Yeah. So I think it's good like keeping in touch and and yeah. Staying connected. I think so too. And I said to my friend, um, I was talking to one of my friends from uni mm. and because we're not going to uni anymore, um, she was like, I've been enjoying listening to your podcast oh. because now I can hear you. So <laughs> I love you, Sophie, and I miss you. <laughs> That's so nice. I I mean, I think it's good that like, and I think a lot of other people have started, like, did you see Adore Beauty started a YouTube channel? Yes, I, I yeah. saw that today. Yeah. I'm so excited. I'm really excited about it because I always gravitate towards video content compared to like audio. So I know that they have their, um, the podcast. They have a podcast. Yeah, but I don't listen to it that much. But I'm really excited about the YouTube channel because I just feel like I'll listen to it more like and, and I'll be able to learn some things because I'm actually like really trying to do more research into skincare. That's what I, I've started trying to do. I don't know a lot yet. My sister bought a whole bunch of stuff um, from a brand called Paula's Choice because she has acne prone skin. I don't know if yes. you've heard of them. Um, yep. Yeah, but she's just, it just arrived and she was like to me, oh, you should look into stuff more. So now I'm like, oh, like I should. <laughs> so um, probably going to spend some of like next week doing that. Um, yeah, more skincare um, research. I've found. I've found Adore Beauty a great, a great source for mm. information on skincare because I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, it was basically um, cleanse, tone, moisturize, like yes. when we were adolescents. And then I feel like since then it's become a lot more acceptable for younger people to use serums. So mm. knowing what serum to use and oil to use has really been built from their podcast because they break yeah. it down and they're very good at the science. And another podcast that I recommend for that, which I'm sure I've recommended before is all bases covered. So oh. they are two women that have worked in the industry. Um, and they know a lot as well. And every week they cover new products, product of the week, they do trials so that they can see how it works on different people's skin. Um, so they're really good. So definitely adore beauty podcast. If you like audio format and all bases covered, but yeah, it is really exciting that adore beauty's brought out YouTube because with beauty, it's so good being able to see not just the results, but also application, like knowing how to actually cleanse properly and I know it sounds stupid but obviously there are a different there is a different way to apply an oil cleanser as opposed to a milky cleanser and yeah etc and even removing it like a lot of people with sensitive skin um I myself couldn't use a really rough washcloth to remove something because it would make my skin red yeah because you have sense I think I'm very similar like my skin's actually it's not super sensitive to products but it's sensitive to like things touching it. Yes. Friction. That's the word. (laughs) So like I go, yeah. So it's funny because some people aren't sensitive to like friction, but then very sensitive to different products and, you know, ingredients and stuff. But, um, you just have to know your skin and, you know, it's good that there's so many resources that can help us. Um, Oh yeah, definitely. And like things like the ordinary from Adore Beauty, they're such affordable products. Yeah. And Um, very basic. They're just like the ingredients, aren't they? It's just like what it says it is. (laughs) Some people say it's not as good because they're not they're not compounding into products and that's why they're cheaper because it's a base ingredient and how you've got to know the, the science of skincare to compound all those different elements into one product that might cost mm. you $180 elsewhere. But if you use just key ingredients that can be used alone, like mm-hmm. I have one of their, I think I don't, it's in my 
bathroom, so I'm mm-hmm. not going to go get it. But it's an yeah. oil-based cleanser. I think it's the, the Squalene cleanser. And that's like really, really beautiful just as a gel cleanser, um, yeah. an oil cleanser to take your makeup off or sunscreen off or even first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I really think Adore Beauty is great not just for information but their range of products is pretty good too yeah and i think the good thing is is because they're like they're just the company and then they sell they want everyone to just buy whatever suits them you know how if you go into certain places that have a whole bunch of different brands and the people at the stands are like at the shop or whatever they want you to buy from one specific brand whereas mm. like so they'll give you like advice based on one brand where it's like, that's not really giving me the full picture because I think with skincare, you might need a whole variety of different brands and products and you can't just use, you know, one like range or one line of products because it's, it's not going to give you the same result as like mixing different things. Um, yeah, I mean, you can't go mixing too much stuff, but I think getting unbiased advice is like very difficult in the beauty industry and it's something that I like have always struggled with and just like really want that, you know? Um, So I think it's good. And even some YouTubers and they do like sponsored videos and I'm just like, Oh, like what a waste of my time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think like Adore Beauty is good because there is no Adore Beauty brand. So they are just they're just a site with a platform with multiple different brands on it. But even in their podcast, they'll often recommend things that aren't available on Adore Beauty. So mm. you can see that they're, not, they're being as objective as possible. And then um, Gemma Watts is a really good influencer to follow because she often does a hashtag called not sponsored, just good. Mm-hmm. So she will push products that she's not being paid to push. They're just really highly regarded in her opinion. So I think that's another good thing to look for because obviously yeah. – and a lot of people like will put up said photos and you can tell that the product hasn't even been opened. So yes. like they're probably not even tried it or they haven't tried it for long enough. And that's something to be aware of for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, have you been um, watching any, Oh, did you watch Parasite? You did. Yes. Yes. Did you? Yes, I did. Oh, okay. Discuss. Yes. So I have to say it was a good movie. Like it was, yeah. if you watch the trailer, um, it is not what I was expecting it to be. I thought it would be like a little bit scary and I don't know. Did you watch the trailer? No, I didn't. I okay. just heard about it and went in cold. So if you haven't watched Parasite and you want to watch it, like skip forward a few minutes because we probably will talk about spoilers here, but it's on stand yeah. for free. It's nearly a three hour movie. So it's very it's long, very much worth your while during isolation. I had to watch it over, like we started Saturday night and then kept going Sunday morning. Cause we just didn't account for the fact <laughs> that it was so long. Yeah. I think we watched it over two or three nights. I don't remember because it is quite long. The first night we only watched half an hour cause it, we started it late. And yes, then I you, think you cooked a big dinner that night. Yes, I did. <laughs> but I was, um, Yeah, I don't know. I was expecting it to be a little bit scary and um, it just seemed like a weird horror type movie. I don't know. But then when it started like playing and then there was like bits that it was like funny and I was like, am I meant to be laughing or is it like, yeah, right? Like you don't think it's like, it's almost like you don't know if it's funny or if it's like meant to be a serious moment. Anyway, but... I don't know. It was a good movie, but I still don't get the ending. <laughs> like I, I am real. I was shocked at the ending. So because we've warned people that there's a spoiler, yeah, they won't get upset. But um, when the father stabbed the Mister yeah, Parker, so- I was just shocked. I know that obviously building up to that point, he was getting really offended about the Park yes. family talking about how they had a certain smell. And I really felt sorry for them because obviously that man was doing his best to provide for his family. And yeah. um, I actually got really sucked down into the wormhole because I was like very shocked that the South Korean standards of living could be that low. So I ended up investigating GDP and PPP and it's actually mm-hmm. like it can be quite low on some of those metrics. So obviously with such a high population, there's possibility that there are a lot of people living like that are quite educated that just can't get jobs because there's so many people going for those jobs. Yeah. Um, and I think that's touched on in the 
movie. They say at one point some of the statistics of people going for that job. So it was. I felt so sad for that family because like those children were very intellectual and they were very kind and a great family unit, but they just couldn't get anywhere in life. And yeah. I think one of the underlying motives would was greed because that can be the only reason that they kept trying to pull their family into the park residence and mm. i think they crossed they crossed a line when they got the ca- the driver fired because yeah up until that bad. point up until that point they weren't putting anyone else out of work even getting his sister as the art teacher in was a stretch because she wasn't qualified but no kind of be like oh that family had money to throw away anyway so and who then cares about that the thing that like i thought was so sad was the housekeeper like what they did to her like with the peaches and stuff like that was really awful. Yeah, um, it was. And then it just got weird when the housekeeper's husband was living underneath the house. Yeah, right. And then I was that just was like, just what? Like, what? Because <laughs> up until that point, I, I had a firm grasp on the film and I was like, okay, I see where this is going, but how can this go for another two hours? And me and my partner <laughs> were like, what is going to happen? And then suddenly on that night when they were meant to go camping and that old housemaid comes back, I was like, number one, do not let her into the house because this is going to be sus. That's literally what I thought. I was like, don't let her in. Like, why? Yeah, and they'd been like like, drinking and the whole house was a mess. And I was just like, you were dumb to do that. You should have gone back to your own house and gotten drunk as a family. That's just leaving you open. That's such a liability. And Um, I thought that I, so this is what I related it to. Have you watched Gone Girl on the, like um, the movie? I related it to the kind of twist that happens in Gone Girl. Like it's something that, because I never read the book and I just watched the Gone Girl movie and it's not the same at all. Like the movies aren't the same, but mm-hmm. just like you don't expect for that to happen. Like the way that the movie ended, it was just like, what the actual heck? Like what just I happened? Know. And yep. that's how like Gone Girl left me feeling. And I got the same feeling from this movie, you know? And yep. the thing that I didn't like is like how it was like, I liked how the dad sent out the Morse code thing um, afterwards. That was very, I really liked that. But then I didn't like how the son like wrote a hypothetical letter to it, like wrote a letter to his dad, which I don't even know how his dad would have seen it because he can't Morse code back to his dad. And the thing that I'm not sure of is, did he actually go to university and buy the house or not? I know. I That's know, like I know, so I know. annoying. I like can't. Yeah, uh, I know. But yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> That's the only thing that like still annoys me. It's like that unresolved kind of ending. It just haunts me like all the time. I kind of like that though, because I love that it leaves it up to your imagination for interpretation. Yeah, like I do get that, but it it's still just like I like movies that have like a very like clear ending and they're just like this is what happened and the dad got saved and it was all good and like I get both sides, but then I'm just like I just want that ending. Like I don't want to sit here coming up with all these scenarios of what could have happened in my head like, you know, and and I don't think it's the kind of movie that leaves it open for a second movie. Oh, no, I hope not. I just want it to be done because, like, I think it was very sad that the sister died, obviously. Yes, that was the saddest. Yeah, but they weren't good people. No. I think that they were greedy and they crossed lines because it was a dog-eat-dog world. Obviously, Mm -hmm. they, they had to do it to get by. But, I mean, we were discussing this and I think that that family probably could have been they would have been okay living off even just the son's wage. Like that would have oh, still yeah. been a, that still would have been an improvement. So they were greedy to try and insert them all into the family. And they absolutely played that mother, like because she was so vague and I flippant and I felt sorry for the mother in the end because she ended up with like, I don't know. I don't even know if her son survived. This is the thing. Like the son did. The son did. He but did? The husband okay. passed away. So, because yeah. I couldn't tell because it just seemed like, he could have died because he had the seizure and I didn't know if he was, if he got to the hospital on time or not. I think he was okay. It was the the husband that died. Yeah. So then the thing is like, it's just like the poor mom is now a single mom who has, has two kids to raise and then they sold the house obviously, but they have no income. So then do they end up just as bad off as, as what, you know, the family who possibly, you know what I mean? 
and like There's they treated these- them they treated the staff really well they were yeah. not mean employers and like the no. other thing that really annoyed me too was you know how the son first got the tutoring job and his friend yeah. said to him i want you to tutor the girl because i like her and i trust you he mm-hmm. completely betrayed his trust because that he, was obviously going on he was just a complete like i hated that guy like i wish that like out of all the characters to like die I wanted the sister to live. You know what I mean? Mm. Like out of the brother and the sister, like the sister was just like sort of dragged along. And I feel like the boy, because he, he, him and the girl, and she was so young, like, oh, I just like. I know. It was, it was like kind of a bit creepy, especially after his friend had told him not to do it. I'm like, exactly. How do you think you're going to get away with this? Because your friend's going to come back and this whole situation is going to be blown wide open when your friend Mm -hmm. sees your whole family's working here. And when, if you want to marry that girl, she's going to come home and meet your family and realize that your cover's blown as well. So it was just some things in it were just like, you, you guys didn't think this through, but it yeah. was engaging. And I'm glad I watched it because it's not something I would normally gravitate to. It's way outside of my comfort league, comfort zone. And that's purely because I don't like that genre, but it was an interesting watch. It was just like a good, it was just like a good movie. Like, it wasn't anything extraordinary. Like it wasn't, I don't know. I don't really know. I just thought it was just good. It wasn't bad. It wasn't amazing. It was just, it kept you um, entertained through the whole thing. And I felt like um, in anticipation, like of what was going to happen next, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It definitely was psychological too. Yeah. Maybe that was the should point. We, <laughs> should we watch something and report back on it next week? Because I think it's good think to be able to unpack it. I think this was like really it. fun. Like I like yeah. this. Um, yeah. What do you want to watch? Is there anything like? Um, anything? There's really nothing that I've been like, that I've been really thinking about. I think a lot of people are watching Unorthodox at the moment. That's a series. I've not heard Is of that. Much of us? I don't know. I'm trying to look Maybe for we'll- movies on unorthodox but if it's got a lot of episodes we might not be able to oh it's only got four episodes maybe we should watch it i like that um actress oh wait no do i german american it's it's just um i mean we can watch it i don't know what it's about so let's just let's watch it and then we can discuss it even if we only watch the first couple of episodes yeah Let's just start it. Okay, we're committing to that. So that's good. Um, So we'll discuss that next week. Um, I have been listening to some podcasts. I'm not even going to bother asking you because you don't listen to anything (laughs) apart from ours. (laughs) Although I can, you know, instead of me recommending podcasts, I'll recommend YouTubes because I like. Yes, that's good because I don't do those. Yeah. So um, a podcast I recommend is the Pretty Big Deal podcast with Ashley Graham. So mm-hmm. I've only just started watching it, listening to it this week, but it's excellent because she interviews some of them are f- her friends, but people has, also in Hollywood. Has she had her baby yet? Because she was yeah, she pregnant, has. right? Yeah. Yeah. I think his name's Isaac. Oh, it's a boy. Um, yeah. So she's had a baby, but she interviews some really interesting people. And um, one of the episodes that I really liked was one with Sophia Bush. Did you ever mm-hmm. watch One Tree Hill? No, I didn't. But I think it's on Netflix or Stan at the moment. Is it? Um, I, I loved it. One of my friends, she said that she's watching it at the moment um, and I don't mm-hmm. think she'd watch it if it wasn't on Stan. So I've it's never really watched good. it. Um, but, yeah, I, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> yeah, so she was in that and she actually ended up marrying Chad Michael Murray, who was one of her co-stars, who was her on-screen boyfriend for a while there as well. And then they got divorced while they were still on the show. So that was just heaps of drama. Oh, wow. Um, but she's made- really interesting. She's very much, um, she's actually quite scholarly now and she's very interested in activism. So mm-hmm. it was just an interesting conversation because I think sometimes we pigeonhole women in Hollywood who are also pretty and privileged mm-hmm. and we just don't, we don't consider them as being the ones with a voice because normally they aren't the ones to speak out. But in this situation, she is really pushing for equality and she speaks a lot about her time on the, t- the TV show Chicago PD. So oh my gosh, that. I love that show. Okay, well, she was on it for four years, I think, and she had to fight to get out of her six-year contract because she was sort of basically... Oh my gosh, being- I know who she is, yeah. 
she yeah. was really good in it. Like, yeah, she's a great actress. She was really actor. good. Yeah. Yeah. But she was, she was being abused on that show. So she had to fight to get wow. out of it. So, yeah. She's very much, that was just before the Me Too era commenced. Mm-hmm. So I think that was a really interesting conversation purely to hear her thoughts on that, as well as just how she goes with, I guess, being an activist as well as an actor, because those two things sometimes don't go hand in hand because we think you need to be one or the other. Mm. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I haven't really heard, like, listened to anything of her apart from what I've seen on yeah. um my TV binging shows, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. She's very interesting. And there's also another podcast called I Way with Jamila Jamil, and mm-hmm. she interviewed uh, Reese Witherspoon, and that was fascinating as well because it sort of spoke all about how, um, I don't know if you know this, but Reese Witherspoon basically was the person that got Gone Girl and turned it into a movie. She's very big at oh. reading. She has a book club, which I follow on Instagram. I think mm-hmm. it's just called Reese's Book Club. Mm-hmm. But they do a book of the month. And um, basically she got frustrated that she wasn't being given the chance to audition for roles that were meaty and, I guess, satisfying. They were very much um, male-dominated scripts and she felt like she was just playing a traditional gender role. So yeah. her husband said to her, well, how about you? Like, you're such a big reader. How about you turn all these books that you read into scripts and then you create parts for you and your friends that are actually worthwhile and substantial. So she did that. And that's how um, Little Fires Everywhere and Big Little Lies has come about because that was her work. And Wild, Wild was another one, Gone Girl. So she's actually quite a force to be reckoned with. So that was another really good, interesting podcast. That's really cool. I really like how um, a lot of females in the like um, Hollywood I just call it the Hollywood industry, um, mm-hmm. a sort of stepping up and, you know, taking a stand and trying to like get more um, dominant roles and also actually directing things. Like I think Angelina Jolie started directing um, and it's not just the male, act, like the male actors who then become directors and stuff. It's also females. And I think that's really good. It's like a positive change in the industry. Um, so hopefully that, you know, girls don't just get cast into, you know, Bond girl type roles. Yeah, because that's, that's probably the, the best that's way the to drama. put it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when there's a sometimes when there's a traditional masculine figure at the head of the situation, they are going to typecast females into female specific roles, and that's it's mm. not, not it's not interesting or educational for anyone. Mm-hmm. So the fact that she took matters into her own hands and is very good at, she just says in this episode a lot how she's just good at listening. So she doesn't assume that she knows anything about any other um, ethnicity or any other sex or any other level of society, but she tries to listen to people who do. So that way she's being as factual in her representations Mm. as possible. That's good. Yeah. I think it's good to, you know, have things that, that you can you know, listen to it, that you're not actually trying to put out your own opinion and you're yeah. just, just stating what is happening and that's it, yeah. you know? So I think it's so easy to get swayed or to like project your own opinion onto other people. Yeah. Um, and I think it's nice and it, it sounds like a refreshing thing for it not yep. to be the case, <laughs> but yeah. What have you been watching on YouTube? Um, so I don't know if I've mentioned this, but I've been watching Bon Appetit. They've been putting oh, yeah. out some really – Bronte's probably told you about it too. <laughs> Shout out to Bronte and I both watching Bon Appetit, like checking it every day. <laughs> I have never watched it. It's really good. Like it's just good. Like there's there, – it's like a cooking show, but then there's also like people who go – there's like a seg- – there's different segments. Um, we both got – um, attracted into it by the same girl. It's called Gourmet Makes and this girl named Claire um, tries to make things like Twinkies or like a homemade version. So she'll like break down the recipe and the ingredients and then like, you know, make a homemade Snickers bar, but try to make it as close to Snickers as possible. Um, and then oh. we, yeah, it's very cool. And then we ventured out from there, both of us, and there's like different shows and segments on it. And um yeah, even if you don't like cooking, it's just nice to watch. And they've been doing a lot of like at-home content because obviously of the current situation, they're not going to their 
um, their test kitchen. That's what they call it, the test kitchen. Yep. They're not going there at the moment. Um, so they're all just working from home and doing like at home recording. And it's, it's just like really nice, warm, fuzzy content, if you know what I mean. So I really enjoy that. And then what else have I been watching? There's one that I watch. Um, she's a YouTuber who's been around for a while and she, her name's Kristen Johns and she has a series on it called Kristen's Kitchen. Um, and so I've been watching oh. a few of her ones of that. You can tell there's a theme with my YouTube. Right? I was about to say, <laughs> this is a very, this is a very Tia theme. Yeah. YouTube lineup. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, there's a new iPad case, like an iPad pro case. And I watched a couple of reviews on it. Um, it's like a floating one. I don't know. That's a bit of like my nerd side though. Um, that's your yeah, tech side coming That's out. my tech side. And then like she has a podcast as well. You know, Amelia Liana, I watch her YouTube. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So yep. I would recommend her as well. Um, but apart from that, just not much else. <laughs> But yeah. Have you read any of the book? I have. I started it. <gasps> Tia, I'm so proud of you. So yeah. <laughs> we've got a we've got a book club on Facebook, which is called Sunday Brunch Book Club. And yes. our first book is Grown Ups. So what are you up to? Um, I'm not that far in. Don't be um that excited. <laughs> I'm not halfway through okay, or at you- the end. Um I'm in the okay. like the first I think I've done five chapters. Okay. But, so who is your favorite character so far? I don't look, I must say I haven't read a book for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like a lot for me to get used to like the whole reading thing. And I think yep. I'm not used to creating the picture in my head at the moment. If that makes sense. Yeah. You're out of practice. You know, yeah, exactly. So I think, um, like I'm getting it, but it, it's hard because like, I just feel like I'm not reading in a flow, like what I remember I used to read. Like, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't yep. know if that sounds weird or like, if you get what I'm saying, but it just sounds like you haven't read enough, <laughs> <laughs> which I haven't, but I think it's good. Like, I think like with reading, you always, the, the best thing about reading, I think is you brought in your vocabulary. Um, and I think, I'm looking forward to like expanding on my already existent knowledge. Um, Yeah. But I think I didn't, I don't know. It's very, it's got a very weird sense of humor. Does it like, I don't, I don't know. Like it seems very, um, the jokes, like they made like a reference to ISIS in like the first chapter. Like it's, it's not like, I just, I don't know if it's like just, what you're meant to say, like Aussie humor or something. Like, I don't, I don't even know what to call it, but like the It's not joke- Aussie humor because she's, she's an Irish okay. writer, but okay. <laughs> I, which, is, which is why they use words that you don't necessarily yeah. know as part of our vernacular. Like they say Egypt instead of idiot because that's an Irish okay. vernacular. I was going to say, I have, there's some words where I feel like I don't even know what they are. No, <laughs> and like, that's why like- their names, like one of the characters is Sersha. So that's not yeah. a typical Anglo name. So yeah. that's why some of it, it's set in Dublin. So that's why some of the vocab is a bit different. But you do yeah. get used to it once you're into the flow of it. I yeah. think sometimes the humor is what the author thinks the readers will find funny. Yeah. I, like or, I'm not um, in touch, I think, because she's like she's written a lot before. So obviously she knows what she's doing. But yeah. sometimes I feel like Marion Keys is maybe reaching for a younger demographic and trying to pull them up into her readership through mm. those kind of cultural touchstones when someone like you or I wouldn't normally speak about that anyway or find that funny. Yeah, exactly. So I think one, getting used to that because I'm also not, I don't, I don't know. I don't really have a lot of friends who don't have my humor, if that makes sense. Or like, yeah. just you know, or come across a lot of people with different, like very different senses of humor. And then the fact that it's a different country's sense of humor, it's a totally another thing. Um, But I do, I do like that it's based in Dublin because it's something different. You just don't read books that are based anywhere except London or New York a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. 
well, not that I read a lot, but I agree with whatever you're saying. <laughs> or like, it's but. very common to read. It's very common to read uh, American centric novels because yeah, obviously people in America, there's a lot more population there. So they're going to be seen as more readable and more profitable if publishing houses publish them. So that's what we hear, which is why it's nice to support someone that's writing about something a little less mainstream mm. and we can learn that way as well. Mm. Yeah. I think, um, that I like where the book is going. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I don't know if it's just from what I've like pre also because I read the, like, there's like a quote in the start of the book, mm-hmm. um, you know, like before they actually start it and they like yeah. do like a little, um, like who it's for. And then they sort of do like a, a quote or something. Yeah. yeah. But she's written this. It's not even her. It's just a quote from Madeline Lengel. And it says, when we were children, we used to think that when we were grown up, we would no longer be vulnerable, but to grow up is to accept vulnerability. To be alive is to be vulnerable. Like I just yeah. like that, you know? So yeah. I'm definitely enjoying it, but I'm definitely, I feel like by next week I'll have more of like an opinion on it, but I know you finished it. Yeah. I finished <laughs> so it by next week you'll be like done. You'll be like, I'm all done with this. Um, I'm a quarter of a way through the next book. So oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> literally my boyfriend's like i need to confiscate the kindle like, <laughs> he has he has cod and i have the kindle so oh my gosh it's so funny the kindle is so dangerous because i finished like obviously i've got a lot more spare time on my hands now because like i said i'm like yeah. sort of working for myself a bit more now that i'm tutoring so mm-hmm. um i don't have to worry about like commuting or going long distances mm. in the car to get to work so it's opened my my time up a lot more to be more flexible and so i just find myself reading like for pockets of the day that i never got to before and having a kindle is dangerous because i finished growing ups i think about 5 p.m yesterday whenever i text oh you yeah and normally then i wouldn't i wouldn't jump in the car then and go out and buy a book because number one you can't you shouldn't really be doing that right now anyway no. but number two it just like most places would be beginning to close mm-hmm. and I didn't really know what I wanted to read, but it was so easy just to browse through Goodreads and be like, yeah, that looks great. I'll pay $10 right now and download it. And then I was up till 10 PM reading it. So I've started back to grown ups. I know what you mean. I think I liked how that book started because it starts with almost at the peak of the conflict and then it goes yeah. back in time and builds up to that. So while you're reading the crux of the book you know what your end game is so you begin to wonder how it got to that point and then mm-hmm. what's going to happen after the point yeah which, because it just spoiler alert yeah, spoiler alert the end of the book carries on after the bit at the very beginning so you do okay. get some sort of a resolution yeah yeah because i was gonna say it's just started off in an argument like they're all swearing at each other and very angry and like i just don't understand how that maybe that's also because now i know that i might make it easier because yeah and it is it's hard because you're just you're dropped into the middle of the plot yeah exactly the end of the plot at the beginning so you I don't started, know who is who character what the relationships are yeah i started reading it and i was like did i miss something like have i have i just like skipped a chapter and i didn't realize <laughs> but no i yeah. didn't so that's a good <laughs> no yeah. Yeah. And it is, it is very readable, which is why it's quite, it's quite quick and easy to get through. But I hate it when people minimize the importance of those books. And when people talk about chick lit, like that's a bad thing. Like it's mm-hmm. not, it's just that for so long we've had big important books apparently written by men because men were in charge of the publishing houses. So that's mm-hmm. why they promoted them as important books. But like Marion Keys is definitely one to celebrate writing chick lit. She says yeah. that she's proud of it because if you can have that many women interested in what you're writing, you are obviously writing something that's good and readable. So yeah. I don't like being too highbrow with book choices because I think if something is that culturally culturally embracing, then it should be worth a read. And I, I found it an interesting book at the end. Obviously we can discuss it when you get there, but yeah, for a few reasons, but it comes back to that central idea that being a grown-up is nothing like you thought that it would be. Yeah, which I think we can all agree with. <laughs> yeah, so far, yeah. <laughs> um, but I did start, I started Such a Fun Age by Keely Reed last night. So, so was that the second, um, like, the, you know, on our book club, which is um, Sunday Brunch, the book club on Facebook, um, but that 
was that the second book that you were trying to pick for us? Like, you know how there was two books? Yeah. So it's the second one. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So that's why I'm getting a head start on it, but it's a lot shorter. Oh, it is. So it's not yep. 600 pages. <laughs> no, it's only like, it's, it's about half as long. So oh, you'll good. fly through it. And yeah. it's, it's, very, it's very different. It's set in Pennsylvania. Um, it's very gripping from the, it's similar to the structure in that the very beginning of the book is probably one of the peak points of tension. Mm-hmm. And then it unpacks that. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think maybe by then I'll also be more used to reading. So then I'll be like, I'll enjoy it more kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, you've just got to get back into it. A lot of people go through phases. It's the same with like movies or a TV series. You fall yeah. out of the habit of getting into them and then you forget how to do it. Yeah, and like even playing games, like I mean, I've <laughs> I've recently started doing some um, isolation games on my Nintendo Switch and Sims. And um, I must say that I've found myself very easily fallen back into the habit of games <laughs> like yeah it's yeah you said last week yeah like when because even last week I wasn't playing that much like at all like I maybe played once in a whole week but I must say that this week I've played at least once a day which probably isn't the best habit to get into but I mean you know isolation it's yeah. easy to fall out of I hope <laughs> there are no rules yeah okay should we get on to our topic of the week? Yeah, I think so. I think it's time. <laughs> so, exercise. <laughs> so, why, um, maybe we should start with why we like exercising. Like, why did you decide to start doing it or continue doing it? Like, what, I guess, gets you going? Okay. Well, it's funny because I think I've grown up with it. So, mm-hmm. When my parents have always been really active and mm-hmm. I always played heaps of sports when I was little. So I did mm. little athletics and whatever, heaps of sport, but I have no hand-eye coordination. So <laughs> I guess I was always active, but it was because I liked it. So it was fun. And yeah. then um, when I was in year five, you know, at that age where you begin to do competitive sport at school. So yes. um, I won my cross country and then I went to the next level because that's what you did in year five and like yeah. in the town that I grew up in. Yeah. <laughs> um, went to the next level and like for some reason I happened to win that one and then I went to like the regional championships and I happened to win that one so that's pretty um, good like that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> actually I came I came second at Y Bay in my year five year and that was the yeah that was the start of it so from there I was obviously training for state championships mm-hmm. and then I just sort of happened to fall into it and I, I don't know, like I was tiny so I could run Yeah. <laughs> and then that set an expectation for the next year and then the mm-hmm. next year and then all of a sudden I was like, I fell into triathlon training and then all throughout high school I was very active in sport and then part of the reason that I got to go to our school was that I was on a partial academic and sporting scholarship so that's sort of how I got in there. And then obviously mm-hmm. because I was on that sporting scholarship, I had to do certain sports. Yeah. So I did swimming, which I hate. I hate swimming. I'm not good at it. Like I'm terrible at it. And it just doesn't feel natural for me to be in the water. But you and did it because it's like, part of triathlon, right? Yeah, I did it yeah. because it's part of triathlon. But then obviously triathlon wasn't a sport that our school did. So I had to no. swimming, which I hated, but whatever. It was a part of training. And then obviously did cross country because that's mm-hmm. been like my Mum, number one love mm-hmm. forever mm-hmm. Um, and track and field. And then after I left high school, I think I was so happy that I didn't have to compete anymore because I started to really hate the pressure of competing. Yeah. And coming, coming to Brisbane alleviated that somewhat because no one knew who I was, but mm-hmm. then you've only got to be around here for a year and people expect <laughs> things for you. So um, I hated, like I used to get so sick in the stomach and I couldn't think about anything other than a race, which I found really yeah. hard because I loved school for the academic reasons and I often just wished that that was my one thing and that I didn't have to do any sport. Um, So I continued after high school purely because it was a habit and I'm really proud of myself for that because I I think it would have been really easy to be turned off it just because I had basically gorged myself on competition and I'd gotten to the point where I hated competition Mm. and it would have been really easy just to walk from it away from it altogether. But I think basically since then I haven't ever really gone too long without it. And now I'm at a really nice point where um, I know that I need to do it because it's good for my brain. So Mm -hmm. it's what helps me feel 
I guess it makes me feel like I'm in a routine and it's become a big part of my day. Yeah. But also I'm not in a point now where I feel like I have to break myself every day for it to be worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's just for you and you don't need, it's like not for anybody except yourself. Yeah. And like, I think you and I spoke about this in our self-esteem episode. It's really easy to fall into a trap to be like, I'm exercising. So my body looks good. And if your body doesn't look like a Victoria's secret model, you're like, why do I bother? And I think sometimes I, I used to fall into that trap a lot when I was, you know, like late teens, super Mm. early twenties, I would often feel like, what's the point if I can't look like that? But you get to a point where you're like, you know what? I'm absolutely doing my best. And Mm. if I am healthy and fit, I don't have a right to feel (laughs) anything except grateful. Everybody's body is different. Like you can't expect your body to develop the same way as even your siblings. Like my sister and I are so different. Like we have the same parents and our bodies develop differently. It's just the way that it is. Like we're all different and that's okay. That's the way it's meant to be. We're not all created the same. So exactly. Yeah. I think, I think that that's like a really good point is like anytime that anybody talks about fitness or anything to do with that, you can't even comparing like your performance and how quickly it gets, it takes you to get to certain levels. Like you can't compare it because you might be doing something different or your body's just developing differently and you can't, you know, let that put you down, like get you down or whatever. Cause then, yeah. Cause like everyone's good at different things too. We all have different aptitudes. And when I was doing triathlon back in Maribor, my mom and I were in the same squad and mm-hmm. she in her forties could flog me in the water. Like my mom <laughs> would lap me in a pool. And now, um, I can, when I've gone overseas in the past and I haven't run for like, you know, or periods of time, or I broke my foot a few years ago. So obviously I couldn't run for a while. Mm. And running is kind of like the thing I always come back to, but on that point, like I've often pushed it too much because I always do it. And so then I have to go through periods of not doing it as much. Um, but even when I come out of those, I'll go for a run and beat my mom and mom will be like, (laughs) how can you? But it's just because like, obviously we have different skills and mine, I'm not good in the water and I can't catch a ball, but like I can (laughs) run. Okay. So that's why we just have to be so we can't compare because like you said, everyone, everyone's body lends itself to a different physique, a different look, and also a different sporting ability yeah exactly because even in school no one was ever good at the same sports ever like can no, you remember no yeah and like I guess if if your skill leads into other skills that's great like a lot of people might be good at ball sports or anything to do with mm. jumping or running but we all have different different skill levels and I think the best thing about leaving high school was honestly leaving behind the need to come first in a running race Which I think it's good to take out the competitive element because like, you know, it's not, it's not a competition. Like it shouldn't be a competition when I guess you leave, leave school and and it's just life. Like you just need to work out why you're doing it and what, what keeps you motivated. And that's the main thing, you know? Yeah, exactly. And that's a hard thing to learn once you've come from this atmosphere of I'm literally exercising to do well in a race to keep a school scholarship. That's Mm. a very, that's a very one end of the deal and Mm. to try and find your way back to a point where you're doing it because you like it, even when you don't have to, um, that's challenging. And I think a lot of people, not that I was ever amazing, but like people that have been superstars at sport, finding that mid ground after years of having to do it to keep up a financial agreement or to keep a place in a school or a team, Mm. um, they do struggle with that because it can be really easy to, I guess, try and overcompensate and go too far the other way and just never want to do it again because you're sick of it. Mm, Yeah. I mean, I know that in school I did sport competitively. And then when I, in grade 12, um, I didn't do as many, I guess, like actual races because I was meant to be focusing on grade 12 studies and then trying to find like, uh, you know, like a reason to train, like to to stay motivated to train with nothing upcoming, um, like a competition was very difficult. And then I suppose then when I left school and started, turned 18 and started going out, (laughs) I stopped exercising altogether. Like I didn't do anything for, you know, three or four years. Um, and it wasn't until probably three years ago that I started doing anything. And then actually, um, an app that was really helpful for me was Couch to 5K. 
Um, yes, you love that. Yeah, it was really, really good because, you know, like what you said, bike riding is something that's very difficult to do um, in this um, part of the world that we live in anyway, just because, you know, there's a lot of um, different types of people around who are riding in an unsafe manner. And then there's cars around who also make it unsafe. Um, So getting back into bike riding wasn't really an option for me at the time. And, you know, running just seemed like the next easiest thing to do. So I started, I downloaded the app because every time I tried running before that, I just always get so down because I was like, oh my gosh, I can't run far. And, you know, it just makes you feel really awful. Um, but yeah. then because I downloaded yeah. the app and it sort of breaks up the workout into like run for this long and then walk for this long and it makes it seem very manageable and easy and you don't even realize that, I mean, you realize that the times are going up, but it doesn't feel like it's getting harder because you're slowly getting more fit. Um, and yeah, I would highly recommend that for anybody if they're looking for something to get to help them get into running. I think the app, I think was like a dollar 50 or something, but it might even Is be that free. All? Yeah. So cheap. Mm. Like for an app, it's very, very good. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like then since then I sort of was like, Oh, like I don't really like running that much. And now I like it more. Um, yeah. but also working in, um, more of a strength element into my you know, fitness routine was really good as well, just to get more definition in my body and strength. Um, yeah, I know it's like not not everybody might want to do that, but just for me, I just like wanted to have abs and like be strong. Like in my like, you know, Pilates strong. Like, yeah. Um, what do they call it? Your pelvic floor. I think it's like really important for women. So just making sure that I have like good strength just for the future. I don't know if this is something that like you've ever thought about, but like being fit so that, I don't know, hopefully one day when we have kids, it's like sort of easier for our bodies and to recover afterwards as well. Yeah, I think so. But I also think, um, I mean, at different stages of my life, I want different things from exercise. So that's understanding that that's going to be varied and that it doesn't necessarily need to be the same thing forever is really interesting. Like mm. um, I obviously love running, but there's been times when I've just done it so much and I'm kind of at the point now where like I can feel an injury coming on. So mm. I need to pull back from that. And it's very easy for me to get into this point in my brain where I think if I haven't gone for a run today, then it just didn't count where that's ridiculous because if I was to do extreme running all the time, I'd be broken. So yeah. I still find it really hard. Like obviously that's something that I've had to really work on in my brain to tell myself that it still counts as exercise. So I don't run. And my biggest thing that I love, there's a few things. I love boxing so much, yes. but that's usually better in a class. And I love it because like it just works your whole body in a really different way. But I've also since the beginning of time, like since I was a late teenager, I've really, really loved um, Pilates for that reason that it doesn't take any equipment. You can do it from YouTube if you really want to. Um, And I think that it is a full body workout without impact. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it's the impact that creates that wear and tear. Mm-hmm. So I'm um, like when I broke my foot, I, I did Pilates every day for like three or four months to mm-hmm. try and stay fit while that happened. And it worked because I mm-hmm. went back into running and could run like that. So yeah. um, I think knowing what you need at certain times and even I know yoga doesn't necessarily get a sweat up all the time. Um, but I but really it's, it's think exercise for your mind to yoga. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know. And it's like, it's Bronte and I were talking about, we do yoga with Adrian and, um, she even practices the breathing and once you practice the breathing in the yoga flow, you can notice that when you exercise, you default to breathing better. So mm. it's a flow on effect like that. That's really interesting. And yoga as a stretching mechanism to help all your other sport and physical activity is also really important. So I think it just depends on what day of the week it is and what else is going on in your life. And sometimes when you're really time poor, 
there's just, you, you can't devote hours to the gym. So you need to find yeah. a way to make it work for you. Because in my experience, if exercise is going to be too much of a big deal and I need to get out of bed at 3am to do it, which like, honestly, I have been known to do that. Um, there's only so much time I can do that for, and then it just becomes too hard and I won't do it. So you mm. need to make it something that is viable for you mm. and what that is just depends on what else is going on in your life. Yeah, exactly. It's, I actually, um, started sharing my like Apple watch activity with Bronte. So we started sharing our, um, like, cause you, you can track your workouts on your Apple watch and then she has one too. And so our phones are sharing our activity. Um, and it's really funny because she literally does yoga every day. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's, it's sort of nice to like stay motivated as well. Cause I think, um, at the end of last week slash start of this week, I went through my own bit of like a slump. Like I was just tired and like, I, I don't know, there's something about this time where everyone's at home and it's sort of like a, I don't know if you feel like this, but do you feel like it's a competition between everyone to see who can be the most productive? Like who can do the most? How much can you do while you're sitting at home? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And yep. there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I think it's good. Like a little bit of competition never hurt anybody. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, but I think it also gets to a point where you have to recognize your body's tired and, and to give it like a rest or a couple of easy days and not push yourself. And I think now, like only since maybe yesterday slash this morning, I'm feeling more energized again. And I don't know what it is. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it's mental or actually was physical, um, but also being able to see like Bronte's activity and mine, it's like, it's just nice to see that other people are doing things. Um, yeah. and that keeps you motivated too. And we can talk about, Oh, like, how was your session? And like, you know, so I don't know if, if any, like if people need help with like motivation, being able to share or hold yourself accountable with somebody else is always a good thing. And at a time like this, where, you can't actually be physically together and work out together. Um, having a virtual way to, to, to do that is very cool. Um, so yeah, I think it's always like an option for people if they're needing some motivation or a helping hand during this time. Yeah. And I like that too, because not only does it keep you accountable, but it makes it feel like you're in it with someone else, which yeah. like, that's the whole point of our book club, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it makes it feel like a little bit more fun. And I think there's a way I haven't done it with anybody yet. Um, but there's a way that you can set up like a mini competition with somebody. So like who can burn the most calories? So I don't know. I've not tried it, but I think it's not even like the point, but, um, just so that you have like something that maybe motivates you to get up and do it in the morning or in the afternoon yeah. or whatever. And even when you had a busy schedule, you just do it at nighttime and go to the gym, but that's not really an option at the moment, but you know, that's the thing. Like the gym does make it harder because like I, you can't do it. You have to be yeah. a little bit more safe with yeah. what you're, how you're exercising. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it's still, you've just got to make, make from it what you can because yeah. it's never going to be perfect. Yeah. Um, but I do miss a gym for that reason. Yeah. I actually would say though, um, as a recommendation for Pilates for anybody out there, um, it's a, it's a paid one, but I paid for it myself. Um, was the peaches Pilates. I don't know if you've heard of them. Um, but they sell, um, like it's not like a sign up thing where it's like a subscription ongoing. It's just a program that you buy online and you have a login and then it gives you access to the program forever. Like you just have access to it and they have two um, programs, like the original one. And then it's called the next episode. And when you buy it, you can buy the whole bundle for 199 and you also get the equipment with it. So like a little ball and some bands and, um, I know like a strap, you know, the like stretchy strap, like that long. So you get that as well. And it's really cool because they have in each program, there's like five, I think there's six or seven different like Pilates workouts, like a full body one and then a booty one. And it's really cool because, um, oh yeah, here they just have the classic Pilates and abs one, a booty one. Um, one that has like a ball workout and then a cardio one and then just like a stretching as well. And there's two like 
types of each one. And then they give you like a little timetable on like what days you can do, which ones and like how you can mix it in with your current routine. And out of all the at home Pilates ones, because I used to do Pilates at the coast at a studio reformer and I loved it. Like reformer is the best for me, but it's very expensive and there's yeah. not, not one near where we live. <laughs> yep. So I've found this as an alternative. It's like really, really good. So I would recommend that. Um, yeah. If, if anybody's interested in a Pilates thing, but yeah. Um, that does sound really good. I've also, I think I, I mentioned to you before we started that I've had a really sore back. So I was looking at mm. any places that any physios that were offering massage, none mm-hmm. are because of COVID, but um, the place that I was looking at in our suburb, they do Pilates and they've all got um, online videos now, but they're usually, they're about between 10 to $20 for a class, which is kind of expensive. But I mean, if you do need something just to give you some ideas, it would be kind of worthwhile just to buy one or two of those and then work out your own routine from there. And um, Sarah's Day do really good ones on YouTube. Um, Pop Pilates, which is now, I think it's called, mm, might be something else. Boho Beauty is another YouTube one that's really good. There's heaps on YouTube of like good Pilates. Yeah. My sister actually sent me a stretching um, thing on YouTube. It was really, really good. Um, she just did like a basic, um, easy stretch, like stretch. It's called stretching for beginners and it's with, oh, I'll have to find it really. It's with, um, it's called beginner flexibility, which is literally what I've been needing. And it's from a girl called mad fit and she's really, really good. Um, and she has a whole bunch of like different stretching and yoga videos on her YouTube as well. So that's a free option as well, which I think is cool. I just have to interrupt this conversation to tell you something. Are you really looking good. at the same thing that I'm looking at? That all bases covered? Yes. <laughs> I was literally just <laughs> about to say that. <laughs> I just. <laughs> I, follow, I follow one of the hosts on Instagram and yeah. um, she put up that their podcast is in the new and noteworthy section. And I was like, oh my God, you're amazing. We've just mentioned you on our podcast, not that we're like nearly as good as you. And she, she just started following us. Yeah, I just <laughs> saw that. I was going to say that. Um, literally you just mentioned her and now they're following us. <laughs> that is just living proof that what you put out, you get back. So yeah, good vibes. Everybody <laughs> get those mood boards ha- happening. <laughs> oh my gosh. I can't believe that. That's so funny. And we both saw it like at the same time. <laughs> I am so excited. We don't have to keep up the podcast anymore. We can We're stop done. now. We've, we've <laughs> hit the peak. We're at the top now. We're done. Uh, you won't hear from us again, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Okay. Good luck with everything. It's been nice knowing you. <laughs> Kidding. No. Okay. To summarize, next week we'll be back. We'll talk about yes. Um, unorthodox. Yes, we will. Tia, keep reading the book. So I will. Also come into our Facebook group to discuss the book. Follow us on Instagram, Sunday Brunch, the podcast. No, yeah, Sunday Brunch yeah, underscore, underscore the podcast. The podcast yeah. uh, my brain's gone crazy because all bases follow us. Yeah, you can't all think anymore. Now. You're just like done. <laughs> I know. This is I'm just like on a high. But definitely everyone should go follow All Bases Covered as well because they're hilarious and interesting. And if you need yeah. to know anything about beauty or makeup, they are absolutely the experts. So mm-hmm. And just remember that any way you want to move your body, um, as long as you like it, then that counts. Yeah. I think that even if you just go for a walk, just get moving. Like my mom's just been going for walks every day. Um, and I think and I think, getting outside. Yeah. I think it's a good excuse to get outside at this time as well, because you can't just sit around outside and have a coffee. You have to be walking. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but I, I, um, I think it's, we're very blessed to even have it as an option because I saw this video today of this um, woman who, I don't know, she works for a like news company and she lives in Dubai. Um, And to go out there, you can't go out for anything unless it's medical or grocery shopping. Um, And you have to actually apply for a permit that needs to get approved by the Dubai police. And if you don't, then any like radar, you go through a police checkpoint, um, you'll get fined. And she said, it's like, I think it's like 600 us dollars if a fine, which is just insane. 
So we're still very, very blessed to have um, the ability to go outside like what we do here. And I think it's it's seemingly going to just get better from here. Um, there was yeah, some like- announcements today, I think, that um, have a little bit of hope. So, yeah. Um, which, by the way, the thing that you tied me in on Facebook... Did yeah, I say so it on the podcast listen, last week? Yeah. If you listen yeah. to our podcast last week, Tia spoke about how she thinks that the government should open up travel between New Zealand and Australia so that we could help pump up one another's tourism. And today, I think it was Sydney Morning Herald or The Guardian or someone quite reputable put up a put up a news article about how that should be on the cards. And I was just like, Tia, well, you, heard it, you heard it here first. Apparently, it's, it's actually being talked about in New Zealand as well that they want to open up travel to Australia and yeah, I don't know. It seems legit, and um, I think it's gonna happen. No one, just listen to Tia from from yeah. now on. I'm the real predictor, guys. <laughs> but oh also, it'll be good because I have Virgin travel credits, which that means that I can use them. And before, like, I hope that everything's okay with Virgin. Like, it's very sad to hear that they've gone into administration. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I. I'm also in a position where I don't want to lose any money. So if I can use my travel credit with them to go on a trip to New Zealand, like I would definitely do that because, you know, hopefully then Virgin's okay and I don't lose any money, you know? So I think um, as long as they start flights again, but yeah, um, there's a lot of good and bad happening. And I think as long as we all keep positive and keep supporting each other, like, you know, I know that there's like a day where people call like, are you okay day? But I think this is just like an, are you okay time? Like everyone just needs to make sure everybody's okay. You know? Yes. Literally forever. Yeah. Forever. (laughs) Not just now forever, but yeah, have a good week. And yes, you too. Yeah. And um, I hope your injury is okay. And yeah, we'll be here next week. Me too. I think I'm just going to spam Pilates for a while. Yeah, like why not? (laughs) It's good. Me as well. Thanks for listening, guys. Stay safe and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.